For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Unexpected trouble? CashNet USA can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds. Our fast, secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24-7. Plus, CashNet USA offers same-day funding if approved before 10.30 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Additional terms may apply. Visit CashNetUSA.com or tap the banner to apply today. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. We're talking about practice, man. You're listening to Philly Sports with Giovanni. It felt really good to prove to everybody, but not only that, prove to ourselves that we we had great potential. And through the year, we just kept passing tests and passing tests. And eventually, we were the team to beat. Here's the man, the myth, the legend, Giovanni Hamilton. Welcome back to Philly Sports with Giovanni. Today I have on the one, the only, Connor Miles. And then I have the one, the only, Nick Ertz. He's an okay guy. Um, how are you guys doing? I agree. He's an okay guy. He, he's, he, he's, 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 you know, he, he's a class act, uh, like his brother. There's some things that we can fix with him a little bit, uh, get him more up to up to speed with the Eagles way of doing stuff and being a better fan. But other than that, he is a great guy. <laughs> Nick's just sitting back like uh Where did I sign up for? Why did I call him? <laughs> I'm doing I was doing better until about ten <laughs> seconds ago to answer your question. <laughs> Man, Gio, uh we got a lot to talk about there, bud. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you wanted to bring on Nick for this episode because uh, I know we got some questions. Yep, we got some questions. Ooh. Um, all right, so how do you guys feel about Doug coming back? Actually, no, let me rephrase this. Nick, how do you feel about Doug coming back? Because we already know how Connor feels. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think it's super strange, to be honest. Like, I don't really know what I'm. I'm not a good. I'm not be able. I don't have a. You know, I can't see into the future, so I can't tell you if it's a good or a bad move. It only take will 
time will tell for sure. Um, and the grass isn't always greener on the other side for some people. And, um, but I think it's a bit weird. I think, I think running this whole entire thing back, like it seems like they're doing regardless of Zach's here or not, this is just something that I wouldn't be a fan of, to be honest. Like I would, I would not want to see what's happened the past three years, which has been average and to this year below average. And uh, I know the Super Bowl. I think in the NFL more than any other sport, and this is like all sports. I don't know if a championship buys you more time than a Super Bowl. Um, or sorry, I don't know if a Super Bowl buys you more time like it does in the NFL. So I get it because that's kind of the way it always is with people that win the Super Bowl. I mean, Dan Quinn should have been out of there a long time ago, but he they were so close, so they kept him on for a little too long. And I think that's my that seems to be because they struggled so much this year and there's so many things to change player personnel wise. I don't know why you wouldn't then change the coach as well. And like, you have to hit the restart button personnel wise, cause you don't have the money. Um, so I don't know why they wouldn't be like, let's just match it up. Let's just do coaching restructuring and player and see what, see where we can go from there and start fresh. I, I, I don't dislike it. I don't like it. I'm just confused to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I was, I, I, I was not gonna lie. I was like, yeah, I was right. Because I, I didn't think he was going anywhere because he won that Super Bowl with us. And I think that, um, Jeffrey Lurie just thinks he needs an offensive coordinator. Only time will tell if that works. Um, I don't know if it's gonna work, but. He, he can find an offensive coordinator. Someone in this uh, podcast right here uh, it might be the youngest guy here. Um. <laughs> all right, I, Connor, I agree. Well, real quick, yeah, real quick, though. I know that we're all, we're all hype. I mean, I know that you, you predicted it and you're right. But my thing is, with Doug coming back, the last couple of years, like Nick is saying, he's an offensive-minded head coach, and the offense gets worse every year since they won the Super Bowl. And they had Mike Rowe as an offensive coordinator. They've had guys in there like Rich Cangarello, Marty Morningwig. They've tried over and over and over again to add to his staff to make it what it was when Frank Reich was here. Uh, good offensive coordinators don't grow on trees. And my thing is, if they do find a good one, which I don't think it's as easy as everybody thinks it's going to be, uh, but if they do find a good one that gets gets along with Doug and everything and the Eagles offense does become successful, then what do you do? Do you promote that offensive coordinator to head coach when he's about to leave so you don't get stuck in the same situation even before? I just remember when, in 2018, the double doink, Jeffrey Lurie was pissed. Like, he wasn't happy with that win because they won by that double doink because the offense only scored 16 points. He's been – dedicated to get this offense better and they thought getting rid of Mike Rowe would do that but all it's done is get worse so the, I think it's weird that we're so jumping for joy to get an offensive coordinator to hold our offensive minded head coach's hand that that seems weird to me I think that if Doug Pierce was a defensive minded coach and the offense was an issue sure bring in an offensive coordinator bring in a good one because that's what it seems like to be the missing issue here but to sit here and say my offensive minded head coach can't figure out the offense, so he needs somebody to come in below him and hold his hand. That's not right, man. That's that's not that's not right. And I think players are seeing that too because this offense as a unit, I think a lot of people like to go at Zach. A lot of people like to go at Jalen Rager. 
A lot of people like to go up Miles Sanders, so on and so forth for their production this season. But nobody in this offense did good. Not a single player performed well consistently in this offense outside of maybe what Jason Kelsey, who had some bad snaps this year, or Jordan Mulata, who shined in his short time starting. But other than that, the offense was awful. And the person who's to blame for that is Doug Pearson. That's his offense. That's his system. He's the play caller. Like bringing in an offensive coordinator and telling Doug to shut up and act pretty. I don't think that's the going to save everything. I don't think it's going to fix everything personally. That's why I wasn't a big fan of it. But go ahead, man. Let's, let's continue on. Um. Yeah, I am worried about if we bring an offensive coordinator and uh, he gets a job and then we're right back where we are right now. I'm not going to lie. It took um, Frank Wright two years to get a head coaching job. Two I'm, years to leave the Eagles and become a head coach. Yeah, I'm, I'm dreading this, but um, we'll see. Uh, how do you guys feel about Jim Schwartz retiring now? Now that you're back in the conversation, Connor, uh, you can go first. <laughs> so what I think about Jim Schwartz retiring is, uh, look, there's always a time in a fr- – and especially the Eagles because they seem to have to go through it all the time where they have to just make a change. Like a change has to happen. And Jim Schwartz has been great. He's been the longest tenure defensive coordinator since Jim Johnson passed away uh, for this team. So – I want to quickly remind people that are like so happy Jim Schwartz is leaving. The grass is always greener. The Eagles have struggled mightily finding defensive coordinators to stick outside of Jim Schwartz. So as much as I'm like, yeah, I, I'm so happy that they potentially won't be able to see corners playing 10 yards off of receivers anymore. I'm also worried because there's Jim Schwartz was a good defensive coordinator. He wasn't bad. Like, he wasn't as awful as the fans make him out to be. And I know sometimes I've crushed him too, but uh, day in and day out, he gave the Eagles defense the best chance to win. Uh, The likes of Sean McDermott, Juan Castillo, Billy Davis did not. So it is going to be interesting to see who they replace him with going forward because my money's on Matt Burke. Because I don't think think the Eagles are forcing Jim Schwartz to retire. I think this is him wanting to take a year off like he did in Buffalo. when he returned to Philadelphia to become the Eagles defensive coordinator, he was the Bills defensive coordinator, took a year off, then became the Eagles defensive coordinator. Maybe it's just him wanting to change the scenery. Like maybe this is him saying, you know, I need to get remove myself from this situation and move on. Like it's just time. Uh, but I just think the thing I'm worried about is this team is really bad at picking defensive coordinators. So uh, hopefully they can find somebody to get to replace him. My money's on that work though. I think they're just going to promote with, from within. Nick, what do you think? I mean, quick and short, Connor hit like every important point, um, especially with Jim Schwartz as the ads. At times it was frustrating, but like what needs to also be said just to add on a little bit is when your offense does so average or below average like it was this year, doesn't make the job any easier on the defensive coordinator whatsoever. I mean, the most obvious game is the Washington game. Like that was the, the field position that their defense was play, was placed in Dwayne Haskins or Aaron Rodgers, regardless, like it's they're NFL quarterbacks. That is not going to be an easy job. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a lot more of a, I'm a lot bigger of a fan of Jim Schwartz and what he's done with what he's had. Um, granted, he might have some say in the guys they bring in, but I still feel like he's done a fantastic job considering, um, relative to and this is like relative to the past three years of course like I I just think he's I he just seems like a good dude and Zach has Zach has said good things about him too in the past 
um, over crossing conversation. So, you know, I, I think if they're, I think they should, you know, again, I think I've reiterated this a few times before, but um, not only should like have maybe changed some things uh, head coaching wise and maybe in the front office, but Jim Schwartz is like one of the few that I actually kind of wouldn't have minded staying um, in some role, whether that's like, you know, he wants to go off and retire a little bit, but like still have some sort of say in the process. I think he's very intelligent. And again, it sounds like I'm with Connor. It sounds like he more wanted to get away from this situation versus they wanted him to get away from the situation. So I think it's a loss. I mean, I just, I I do think that they need a change of personnel or I should say defensive scheme for their personnel because it's not working with the guys they have. Um, There's only, you know, five Darius Slays out there. There's not a lot of guys you can really trust. I know people want to hammer Darius Slay for some reason. that's a, that's another conversation, but yeah, I think, I think it kind of sucks to be honest. And I, if I were him, I would have done the same thing if I knew they were going to keep everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I, I agree with you guys. I don't think that, uh, he needed to get rid of him, but maybe he wanted out. Um, our defense was not the biggest problem this year. The reasons why they didn't do, very good this year is because they were getting tired early because our offense was going three and out. Fair point. Well, I Very fair point. I completely agree. I think they put a lot on the defense this year. This offense is one of the worst in the league. I mean, it wasn't just below average. It was one of the worst in the league. Like, it was really, really bad. But I think, I, like I said, I just think he wanted to change. I think he wanted to move on himself. I think what he thought he could accomplish in Philadelphia was done, and it was time to move on. I mean, he's done it with other places. He's done it in Tennessee when he moved on to be a Troy Lions head coach. When he got fired there, he moves on to be Bill's defensive coordinator. He picks and chooses. So uh, and he has the power to do so because I'll tell you right now, Giovanni, he wants to come back and coach next year. Teams are going to line up to hire him. They, it's going to be a very long line to hire Jim Schwartz. Uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm a fan – first and foremost, and I'm very irrational, especially since we started this podcast. As soon as the game ends or we're still getting the feelings of the game, I hop on this mic and I say some stuff that I probably, after I think about it, don't really mean. Because uh, I could tell you countless times I've said on this podcast, I've trashed Jim Schwartz for his coverage scheme. It is annoying. It's hard to deal with sometimes. But at the same time, like Nick said, you have to take account for the personnel. Telling Darius Slay to go out there and be the number one corner and play with a bunch of slot corners was a very bad idea in a passing error league. You don't do that. Like, you need to add adequate cornerback play, and the Eagles failed that miserably this year in the secondary. And like Nick said, I mean, again, it's a different conversation for a different day, but the Eagles have not had anyone play at the cornerback level that Darius Slay has had since Asante Samuel. So that was 2010. We're in 2020 now. It took 10 years for them finally to find good cornerback play, and they got it from Darius Slay. So regardless what he did against DK Metcalf, regardless what he did against Devontae Adams, it was still 10 times, a million times better than what Eagles corners were doing up until that point. But I just think how Doug I, – I mean, really with what Nick said, if you're going to let – if Jim Schwartz is going to go and you're, you're admitting to yourself that this whole personnel needs to change, why are you letting the guys who failed with the current personnel set up the new personnel? It just doesn't make sense. I think Jim Schwartz going should have opened the door to make all the rest of the changes that Jeffrey Lurie needed to make. And I don't necessarily think – this door is closed yet on making changes. I mean, we're going to get into it with Nick, but Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham can say one thing, 
Miles Sanders and a bunch of other players are thinking another. So I think this locker room is completely divided. And I think a lot of people are missing it because our team captains are taking the side of the Eagles. Because Now, do I think that they blindsided these guys and with the Nate Sudfeld thing? No. I'm sure we'll get into that in a second. But I just think there's such a disconnect with this team. And that's, some, that's the word that we've been using all season long. There's a disconnect between Howie. There's a disconnect between Howie and Doug. And now we're looking at something where these players don't even know what's going on. Like none of these players know what's going on. Nobody seemed to know would be on the same page as Jason and Brandon Graham were. Um, if your locker room's divided, that's on your coach and that's on the guy who brings these players in. So now is the time to make changes. I don't I don't think Jeffrey Leary's decision's made up yet because of the blowback of what's what's going on right now. Yeah. All right. So Nick, I have a question for you. Uh, you don't have to answer it uh, if you can't, but how how did Zach feel? Did was he shocked that Sedfels was coming in? Uh, is he kind of feeling the same way that Jason Kelsey is? Because really, on my podcast, I just want to I, I just want to have players on to speak the truth and. Uh, not why. Um, I I don't know if you can answer this question, but well, Lions bad first and foremost. Yeah, Lions yeah, goes for you, McLean. <laughs> I think I never asked Zach the direct question on that. I've I just haven't. I just don't think I. I don't think I cared enough. But I'll tell you this: I know that he. I do know that he knew that Nate Seppel was going to come in. I think. And I think I like I totally get it. My like I'll, I'll take him out for a sec and just share my opinion because mine is way better than his. Is uh, that I totally get putting Nate Subfield in, but I don't get why they just wouldn't have started him. Like the mantra for the reason behind putting Nate Subfield in should have just been like, okay, well then we'll just play him the whole game. Like why would you put a guy in, in the fourth quarter I, or third? I, I the timing of it made no sense. Like you guys are only down three. And I'm like a big, I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate for finishing a season well and having your guys feel somewhat good about themselves when they leave the field for the last time while they're watching the playoffs on uh, on TV. I, I, I remember, what was it, Carson's rookie year, Zach went for like 112 yards, 10 catches, two touchdowns against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys were going to the playoffs. And... Carson was lighting it up, and I'm like, I, you, there is something innately in all of us, whether it's a sport or whatever you're doing, like getting in a like, confidence is huge. And I think, I think when like, I don't think Jalen Hurts is sitting back today thinking, man, I played really well that last game, and like that's something to build off of. I think you have to have something to build off of. And they decided to like go halfway in and halfway out, and that's to me what bothered me the most. Like, I like I, I get it, the whole Giants thing, like. Like, who cares how they feel? They should have just won a seventh game, and it's it's all over. Like, we don't have to talk about this. But to do it, like, midway through the third one, it was, like, only three points down. You have your rookie quarterback who's obviously – like, you don't have to know him personally. You know, he's ultra competitive. There's no way if he is your starting quarterback next year, like, say Carson's out, that he's, like, happy the way that ended. He's 23 years old. Like, he wants to compete. Like – I, I don't know how Zach felt deliberately, but I do know also, like, if he's if this is that was his last game, 
that wasn't a very fun way to end his career here either. Yeah. Connor, you're muted. Apologize, but he said on the field for like one thirty in the morning. I mean, yeah, he he look. I I mean, from what I gather from knowing you for a while and getting the field to know your brother, he had me. Come on, like this. It just has to go hand in hand with how the whole entire season has gone. I don't I don't want to say that he had to be mad because of that instance, but I mean, I would I, if I'm sitting on that sideline and this go and this goes on, and I'm not condoning what happened. I, I really. It was a meaningless game to me, and I'm a fan, so I'm not a player. If I was on the field, different story, but I think it was best for that team to lose that game and get a higher draft pick since they can't really draft as well as it. As it. But regardless, you're pl- that's playing for the future instead of playing for the guys that are out there on the field. So if I'm Zach, I'm like, I mean, whatever. This is how the whole entire season has gone. Like, this, yeah. this is just them. This is them. This is Doug. This is Howie. This is Jeffrey. This is them this year. That's how they've been. I mean – I don't believe that was Doug's call to pull Nate up. I think that was a call from above saying, what are you doing? Like, we have nothing going for us. We don't know what's going on with our quarterback situation. Our cap situation is screwed. 5-10-1 and one and getting the ninth overall pick. It's a lot different than 4-11-1 and one and getting the sixth overall pick. Uh, I think that was a howdy call. Mm-hmm. Um. Before, when I used the word lying, I was looking for words, and that's the word that came up. I'm not saying any players are coming out here and lying. The word I was looking for was speculation. I just couldn't find it. But um, I apologize, but now I got it. Um, now, no, they lie. They lie. You don't have to. You don't, you're just sugarcoating it. They lie. I mean, Jeff McClain's out here reporting that two – two players confronted Doug on the sideline about the decision to put Sudfeld in and Kelsey shot that down, talked to Ed who was in the press box with Jeff McQueen. He said he never saw anything like that. Uh, Not to plug in, but I do know the head of security for the Eagles. And I asked him and he said, no, that never happened. Nobody ever confronted Doug in a malicious attitude at all. So, I mean, if you could put that in the, in the Philadelphia Inquirer, a newspaper that goes everywhere where everybody's going to see it, and not get reprimanded for it. I mean, that's full. That's silly to me. Yeah. Um, Connor, you were just talking about it, so uh, I'll get into this next. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, was it? Do you guys think it was Doug's idea to start tanking, or someone higher above? I'll just quick. Cause I already touched on it. Doug's a yes man. And if you guys think otherwise, I'm sorry to break it to you. He's a yes man. He answers to Howie. He answers to Jeffrey. Uh, when they said fire, my, we're going to get rid of my grow. Doug said, let's go ahead and do it. Like when they said, we're going to go ahead and give you the opportunity to Ben's Carson to put Jalen in, Doug said, let's go ahead and do it. He's a yes man. That's what they hired him for. Chip Kelly was a no man. He was all, all about himself and what his scheme was. And he, he didn't think of what Jeffrey wanted, never thought about what, how he wanted, never cared for how he wanted. When they hired the head coach, they wanted somebody to be a yes man. They got their yes man and he fulfilled their, their work. Yeah, I, I mean, what was what game was it before? Was it the Cowboys game was the week before? Oh yeah, oh thirty-seven I mean, seventeen. Like, I mean, taking like I feel like taking is more like a few games, uh, but like basically saying, okay, we're not going to win this game. I do, I do find that like a little disrespectful overall. Like, you see the Vikings are out there with every single person. Now, if you have if you're 
somewhat injured, get it, sit them all. Um, people are comparing it to like, oh, well, the Brown or the Steelers sat people. It's like, well, the Steelers are going to the playoffs. They actually have yeah. something to play for. So it makes sense that they would bench people and like keep them healthy. I don't know how I feel. I just like kind of go back and forth. I'm like, I get it. Like you get a better draft pick. I totally understand it. That's why I'm like, just from the get go, like show that you're not trying to win. And yeah. no, you're right. They should have. I, I I never even thought of that. But you're absolutely right. I would have started eight Sunfield from the jump. Well, and so that's why it's like now you guys are de- like everyone. All eyes are on you in New York, New Jersey, and, and Washington. Like wondering what's going to happen with this game. And again, I don't care about their feelings. I don't care about Eagles fans' feelings, except for you two, and maybe a few other people. Like I genuinely just don't care. Um, but. At the same time, it's like that game was over. You guys are Sunday Night Football. Like you know all. Like it's just like sometimes, sometimes you think, like, you guys are like the Eagles. It's are like asking for attention and drama. Like asking for more eyeballs to like see the drama. I'm like, why would you guys put? You guys suck. Like you sucked. You were four ten and one before that game. Why would you draw more eyes towards your in your direction, especially when the Carson stuff came out like ten hours before? Just like literally look at Jalen Hurts and say you're not going, or you are going. Like it, I just don't, I just I don't know why they do what they do, and that's why I'm like I I'm on like I get like some people are like Chris Long I think and like Jeff Schwartz not Jeff no yeah Jeff Schwartz they're like who cares like they didn't try to win the game like they shouldn't have and I get that but like just start the dude at the beginning then. Like, if you have no interest in winning, just start to do the beginning. What was the point of risking Jalen getting hurt then? Like, I'm just – it's like, do you guys – are you guys even, like, on this de- – I mean, be on the same page. That's been all season. We're all like, really? Do you guys even agree with each other? Um, disagreement is good, but not when, like, you guys can't actually kind of therapeutically talk to each other to come to a conclusion or rationalize with one another. I just, I just don't get it. That was very weird, and I still think it's weird. It is weird because, I mean, they threw Jalen to the dogs, too. They, I mean, Matt Pryor was the left tackle. The right tackle was Brett Toth, who hasn't really played in the NFL much at all. Like, you had the perfect position. I mean, you rested 11 starters. You had the perfect position to put Nate Sutfeld in. I I don't need that last game of the season with all these injuries, with all, with all the inactives, and to evaluate Jalen Hurts. How can I evaluate Jalen Hurts when he's playing with guys that won't be on the team next year? Like, that doesn't make sense. So go ahead, throw Nate in there. I, I agree with you. They handled it poorly. That's that's what it, that's what needs to be more talked about and discussed and looked at is that not the fact that they did what they did. It's the fact that how poorly they handled what they did. Bingo. Um, I I think that it was someone above um, Doug because, as you said, I think he is a yes man. Um, and I think that he was just saying, yep, let's tank, yep, yep, yep. Um, and I, 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 I'm with you, Nick. I, I think we should have just started Nate. Um, I love seeing Nate play. Um, I met him a few years ago. He remembers me every time he sees me. He's a really nice guy. Um, I would have loved to see him play the whole game. I mean, if you weren't planning on winning, uh, we should have just started him from the start. Um, 
it's weird. I don't know, Gio, if you've heard it, but Doug's like come to his defense like crazy. Like, he's our backup in the Super Bowl. We've had him here for years. Like, yeah, if you want to evaluate him, that's fine. But you waited till like the last second of the game to do so. That's not fine. Like, that's weird. Like, it just shows he to show you. He was not this... ready at all either. You could tell. No. He was not ready. He was and not expecting. You can't throw somebody into that point at, at the point of when they played and expect them to get a rhythm or feel the, the feel for the game. It's not going to happen. Um, and I, and that, that's what they wanted. So that's exactly what they wanted. But my thing is, and what we keep saying is that there is this function going on. There, there is a disconnect. There is like Doug Howie and Jeffrey want to do one thing. And it looks like this team wants to do something else. So you need to, they need to bridge that. I've always irrationally defended the Eagles, but this year has finally been the year where I'm like, how can I defend some of this stuff? Like how I can't, yeah, I, I sound stupid trying to defend some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of a, a good year to warm up to the podcasting stuff, but it's it's hard to defend them when they're playing like this. I sound like I go on the microphone and go... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, who are you guys... Um, Rooting for for the playoffs because I'm rooting for the Bills and the Browns because the Browns have not been in the playoffs ever since I was born, since before I was born, um, and the Bills because I would love to see them uh, get a Super Bowl trophy. I'm going to say Bills because I went to that Eagles-Bills game last year and the hospitality was all there. I loved it. Go Bills. Go Bills. Sean McDermott has Eagles ties. I did like – I didn't like Sean McDermott, the defensive coordinator. I like Sean McDermott, the guy underneath Jim Johnson, Sean McDermott. But, I mean, he has Eagles ties. The Bills fans are just like Eagles fans, honestly. I really do think they are. Uh, and I know it from experience. I went there that game when the Eagles played the Bills. And, I mean, their fans are out there with buffalo wings, styrofoams on their heads, like – Screaming at us, they're mocking how we do the, our chant, and I'm like, "Yo, this is what Eagles fans do." Like, I like, it. like, so, and dude, they lost four straight Super Bowls in the '90s. Come on, they need, they need it. They need a ring. Yeah, their fan base is just like ours. Still waiting they are, for that ring. They are the 2017 Eagles. They literally they have are. the quarterback they really are. with the quarterback like lighting the world on fire. Their their bend don't break defense. Like they are the Eagles in 2017. It's like I thought the Bears not last year, but the year that the Eagles played in the playoffs, I thought they were the Eagles 2.0. To be honest, like I didn't, I don't think we really knew what Trubisky was, but like Josh Allen is like that dude is for real total touchdowns this year. That's insane. He has more total touchdowns than their punter has punts this year. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. So so go Bills. Seriously, like I I'm with like they. Like Connor said, they lost with with Jim Kelly. They lost four bowls in a row back in the nineties. Um, and yeah, they. I don't. I don't know what it is about. I just love like. There's something about teams that you don't that you don't talk about much. Like the Browns, I think that would be great and all for them. But they're just like so dogged on all the time that they're kind of just annoying to always be in the news. Like the Bills are just like you. No one ever talks about them. Never hear about them. And that's like the coolest part. You're like, shoot, they look like. I mean, that offense. That Diggs and Josh Allen connection is so oh. so awesome. That's off to Stephon Diggs, man. Honestly, because nobody always thought that he was the number two second fiddle to Adam Thielen. Uh, they Kirk wasn't targeting him enough. 
Everybody thought he was a diva of how he left there. And then he goes to the Bills and he makes himself a top seven wide receiver, undoubtedly. Like, oh, yeah. Amazing. Maybe that might be a bit too low. But he – insane season by him. Really, really tapped into Josh Allen's potential by giving him that true number one wide receiver. Weird. Weird how yeah. that happens, right? I did, not, I did not think that was possible. No. I don't know what good wide receiver play is, though. I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah. Right, but what happened to Kyler? What happened to Kyler Murray when DeAndre Hopkins came? Did he do well this year? I don't remember. He did. Their defense needs some work, but he did. Well, yeah, their defense. Their defense really needs some work, but uh, yeah, it's a bit. It's just an interesting strategy out there. It's very interesting, providing your quarterback with a true number one wide receiver. Never, not a concept I'm familiar with. We only do that for tight ends. We only make sure that our tight ends are our number one wide receivers. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for being on, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, go check out Connor's podcast on the Eagles, bro. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you, Gio. And Nick, I mean, I don't know how many more episodes you're going to want to be airing with us, but <laughs> it's always a pleasure, man. I'll be back one more time when we find out where Zach will be next year. Oh, oh sure. man. We'll have At all those Zach breaking news on the Eagles brawl. And I'm sure oh, people are going to love it. Absolutely. <laughs> all, right. all right. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.